He kept on running. Any, anybody else, Charlie? Yeah, it took him years to train. Lots and lots of training from a very young age. So sprinting and circuits and weight training and speed and agility training. Hours and hours of very specific physical training every week. Is it easy to do that kind of training? What do you think? No, it's not easy. It's really hard. It takes an enormous amount of self-discipline. So come the day of a race with all that training behind him, how do you think Usain Bolt ran? How do you think he ran? Archie, what do you think? God, tell me, what do you think? How? Speed! He ran with speed, that's right, Archie. He ran fast. He didn't hold anything back. He gave it his all. Would you like to see a very quick clip of Usain Bolt setting the 100 meters world record. Should we watch that? Okay, we dim the lights. A very quick clip. This is Berlin 2009, Usain Bolt setting a world record. Bolt, Gay, Powell, four, five, and six. They're away. Perfect start by Daniel Bailey. Usain Bolt, though, getting into his running. Here he comes. Usain Bolt, challenged by Tyson Gay. Usain Bolt, two clear meters. Tyson Gay in second place. And in third place is Safa Powell. 9.58! Okay, that's the first time I've ever watched that without Tissa jumping up and down and screaming. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. We'll let her off. Yeah. So he trained hard. He ran his race well, and he won the prize. He got the gold medal, and he set a new world record. So we all know that to run a race and do well... Uh, you've got to be physically fit. And that takes a huge amount of self-discipline, determination, and hard work, doesn't it? But did you know that to live the Christian life well, we've got to be spiritually fit? What does it mean to be spiritually fit? Well, the more like Jesus we are, the fitter we are spiritually. And that also takes a lot of self-discipline and determination and hard work. So I'm going to show you some slides of people doing things. And I want you to tell me whether these things would make someone physically fit or spiritually fit. So we're going to stand up for this. So stand up for this. So I'm going to make it really easy. We're going to go through them quickly. If you think it's something that would make a person physically fit, you're going to do that. Practice that. Okay, if you think it's to make you physically fit, and if you think it's to make someone spiritually fit, you're going to do that. Practice that. Okay, so we're going to go through them quite quickly to see if we can see the difference. So, first thing, weight training. What are you going to do? Physically fit? Spiritually fit? Okay, good one. Prayer. Yeah, spiritually fit. Swimming. Worship. Go through quickly. Running. I'm going to speed up. Fellowship, healthy eating, Bible study, stretching, service, sleep. It's a hard one, isn't it? Now, sleep, if you're going to be physically fit, you need to get a lot of sleep and rest as well. What about silence? Silence. Does that help make us physically fit or is it more spiritually fit? Okay, good. So sit down. We can see the difference. Okay, so there's physical fitness and there's spiritual fitness. And you've all spotted the difference straight away. They're both really important. 
But today we're going to focus on spiritual fitness because that is by far the more important of the two. And we're going to see why. So the Apostle Paul, he wrote letters to the church in a city called Corinth. And one of the letters that he wrote is the book of the Bible that we call 1 Corinthians. And Paul had noticed that the Corinthians were not spiritually fit. So in a spiritual sense, Paul wanted them to be like this. But in reality, they were more like this. (laughs) So they had some work to do. They had some work to do. And Paul tells them that in the same way that athletes train to become physically fit, we as Christians need to train to become spiritually fit. And Paul gives the example of an athlete in training for the games. And you know what? The uh, Corinthians would have known how hard athletes train because in Corinth they had the Isthmian Games. Now, put your hand up if you've heard of the Olympic Games. You've heard of the Olympic Games, they're every four years. Well, the, uh, the Olympic Games, by the way, the very first one was, was almost 3,000 years ago, so a very long time ago. And when Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, uh, in Corinth they held what they called the Isthmian Games. And they took place the year before and the year after the Olympic Games. So everyone in Corinth would have known what training the athletes went through. They would have seen them training for their events, for their chariot races, for their running races, their boxing, their wrestling, and the other events that they took part in. And at the Isthmian Games, there was always a prize to be won. So it wasn't just the, uh, the glory and the prestige of winning. Uh, each athlete who won uh, their individual event would be presented with a crown. Now, I bet you can't guess what that crown was made of. I know you can guess, Isabel, because you've seen the crown. But who, go on, who, who else? Guess what the crown was made of. What do you reckon, Charlie? Gold? It wasn't made of gold? Phoebe, what do you think? Iron? No, it wasn't made of iron. Aaron, what, any, any advance? Anyang? Coal, coal? Coal. No, C-O-A-L. C-O-A-L. Yes. Coal? No, it wasn't coal. Okay, one more guess. Archie, what do you think the crown was made of? Shiny. You think it was shiny? Do you know what? The crown was actually, you would never guess this, the crown was actually made of celery. And it just so happens that I have here a celery crown. Now, unfortunately, we bought this at the beginning of the week, this celery, so it's looking a little bit wilted, but it will, it will help make the point, I think. So, uh, who would like to try on this celery crown? Who are we gonna... Archie, you had your hand straight up there. Archie, come up. Why don't you try on this celery crown? I think it will fit you. Come up, come up the front and face everyone. I'm going to put this crown on your head, so if you turn around. Excellent. Excellent. So, here is the crown. So here we have our Isthmian Games champion, and he has won the celery crown. But not only, uh, not only uh, does he get a crown, this, this is foreign money, so you can't spend it in Australia, unfortunately. But this, 
This is a hundred drachma. They'd also get a hundred drachma. So you take your hundred drachma, just stay there with it. And a hundred drachma was the amount that someone would be paid for a hundred days' work. So here we have our Isthmian Games champion. He's got his crown of celery. He's got his hundred drachma. But how long do you think these things would last? How long do you think? What do you reckon, Caitlin? Pardon? Until the next games, they might do, but remember, that's only a, a, the wages for a hundred days. So how, what do you reckon, Charlie? For a couple of months. For a couple of months, yeah. Yeah, if he was, uh, if he was uh, spending a bit of that money, it might only last a couple of months. It might last a few months. It's certainly not going to last forever, isn't it? Is it? Okay, it's not going to last forever. Um, so what Paul is saying is that these athletes, they train physically so that they can win a prize that won't last. So I'm going to take those off you, Charlie, and ask you to sit down. Sorry, Archie. Well done, Archie. Have a seat again. So the athletes, they train their bodies physically hard to win a prize that doesn't last. But we as Christians are to train ourselves spiritually, and we're doing it for a prize that lasts forever. Which would you guys prefer? A, a, a prize that doesn't last? Or a prize that lasts forever? Hmm? What would you go for? Hands up if you want the prize that doesn't last. Hands up if you want the prize that lasts forever. Okay, it's a no-brainer, it's a no isn't it? It's, it's, it's the one that lasts forever. So, this is where people can be a bit confused. Because as Christians, when we talk about a prize that lasts forever, what do you think we think of first? I'll ask the children, I may also ask the adults. This is quite a tricky question, question, but as Christians, if we're thinking about a prize that lasts forever, what is it that we think of first? What do you reckon, Anger? Going to heaven? God, being, being, being with Jesus forever? Money doesn't last forever. That's the prize that doesn't last. That's the hundred drachma. But you're right. When... When we think of a prize that lasts forever, very often we think of um, everlasting life, being with Jesus forever. But you know, in this context, Paul can't have meant that because Paul talks about being disqualified. Do you know what it is when you're disqualified? You know when the runners are about to race. Here's someone who's been disqualified. They're about to race and one of the runners runs before the starting pistol has been fired. They run too soon, and they're disqualified. They have to go off the track. They can't be in the race. They can't win the prize. But eternal life, living for, forever with Jesus, is not a prize. It's a gift. And it comes to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. Uh, so thinking about our spiritual fitness, whether we're, a, whether we're a tiger kind of a Christian or an armchair cat kind of a Christian, either way, we will be with Jesus forever. So the prize that Paul is talking about is not everlasting life. That's a gift. It comes to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. We can't win it. We can't earn it. We can't do anything to deserve it. But Paul is talking about a prize that we win by running our race well, like an athlete that's trained hard. A prize that we win by living the Christian life well. What prize do you think he's talking about? This is a hard question, I think. I'm going to ask the question another way. 
What good things come from following Jesus? Charlie. Winning stuff? Well, we are talking about winning a prize, but in terms of following Jesus, what good things come from following Jesus? What do you think, Caitlin? Um, Yeah, what else though? Because we always think, yeah, eternal life comes from following Jesus, but that's not the prize that Paul is talking about here. What do you reckon, Taropa? Yeah, being with Jesus forever in heaven. You see, this is what we all think. But the thing is, that's not, that, that is not something we earn. It's not something we win. We, we're with Jesus forever because we put our faith in Jesus. We have to get away from thinking this is something we, we earn. But there's still a, a prize to be won. There's wonderful things that come from following Jesus, apart from the fact that we will live forever with Jesus. So Jesus changes and transforms us, doesn't he? From the inside out, God sends us his Holy Spirit. And, that, and the Holy Spirit, we work with the Holy Spirit, brings change to our lives. And Paul says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that these are the things we could expect to see more of in our lives, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who wouldn't want more of those things in their life? Uh, So over time, we become more like Jesus. Over time, uh, we become more the people that God wants us to be. You can do some races afterwards, Caleb. We'll organize that. Okay. So more the people that God wants to be. And then we, we tell the story of God's love, don't we? We get out there and we tell people about Jesus and we see other people whose lives are changed and transformed and that's exciting as well. And then the church, the people of God want to do things to bring a positive change to the world and it's all about building God's kingdom here on earth. And isn't that an exciting prize to see God's kingdom being built in the here and now all around us? So that's the prize knowing that we're living the life that God wants us to live and seeing the difference it makes to us and to our family and to our friends and to our neighbors and to the community and to the world. What could be more satisfying than that? That's why we're running our race. That's why we're living the Christian life. Not just so we can live forever with Jesus, although that is a wonderful thing that we receive by putting our faith in Jesus. But it's not just about that. It's about seeing God's kingdom come here and now. It's about being part of God's wonderful plan right now. And what could be more exciting than that? And the exciting thing is, we can already see God's plan being worked out in our lives. So put your hand up if you were... Hang on, don't put your hand up yet. You don't know what I'm going to say. Put your, good that you're keen though. Put your hand up if you were involved in the Christmas nativity play. I, I think that was all of you, actually. But anyway, so, so put your hands down. So that is telling people about Jesus, isn't it? A lot of people who came to the carol concert don't normally come to church. So you were helping to tell people about Jesus. That is, that is running your race. That is living the Christian life. Put your hand up if you've ever uh, read uh, from the Bible at the front of church. 
Anyone ever done that? Okay, how did you feel about that? Were you, were you a bit nervous about it? No, you weren't? Anyone a bit nervous about it? First time? Yeah, a little bit? Okay, so what you're saying then is that you overcame your fear so that people could hear the word of God. That is, that is running your race. Who's ever prayed at church? Who's ever prayed or prayed from the front or prayed in a group? Okay, so, so you have led God's people in prayer or you've prayed with another person. Do you know how important that is? We can't do anything without prayer. Without prayer, it's all, it's all futile. We, we have to commit everything we do to God in prayer. I wonder, this might not have happened, has anyone ever made fun, at you, fun of you because you go to church or because you're a Christian? Has that happened to anyone? Okay, so anyone else? So, uh, Wow. Okay, a few of you, quite a lot of you. So somebody's made fun of you because you go to church or because you're a Christian. But you know, when that happens, you're actually showing that Jesus is worth suffering for. And that's a very powerful thing to be saying to people. That is part of running your race. And you know what? Even, even being here this morning, Archie, did you know that being here this morning is really encouraging for all of us? The fact that you're here. The fact that you're here, Sian, and you, Angus, the fact that you're here this morning is encouraging because uh, you know, we can see that you're part of the body of Christ. You're building up the body of Christ. And so that in part of running your race as well. So you've already got your eyes on the prize because you're helping to build God's kingdom right here in Springfield. And Jesus' kingdom lasts forever. This prize of seeing God's kingdom built lasts forever because God's kingdom lasts forever. But if we're going to run a good race, what have we got to do? What have we got to do? If we're going to run a good race, what do you reckon? What did Usain Bolt do? What do you reckon, Caleb? Mummy's nodding, so I reckon you've got the right answer. What is it? Train. Exactly. What would have happened if three months before a big race, Usain Bolt had stopped training? Would he have run his best race? No way. Would he have won? Probably not. Now, Paul says something a bit strange in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave. What did he mean by that? I strike a blow to my body. Surely he doesn't mean that he punched himself. That, that wouldn't make sense. He's not saying that. What Paul is saying is that training for a race, training for the Christian life, takes a lot of self-discipline. It takes hard work. It takes perseverance. It's not easy. It takes sacrifice. Now, this week coming up, we're moving into Lent, which is the six weeks moving into to, towards Easter, the six weeks before Easter. And during that time, we'll be finding out what it means to be disciplined in the Christian life. But right now, and this is for all of us, right now, I want us to prepare ourselves. I want us to understand that if we're going to run this race well, if we're going to live the Christian life well, it's going to take discipline and effort. Anything that's worth doing in life takes discipline and effort, doesn't it? Guys, what do you think? Doesn't anything worth doing take effort? So uh, over the next few days, as we move towards Ash Wednesday, I want us to get into the right mindset. Look in, guys. 
as we move into Ash Wednesday, I want us to be thinking, do you know what? This race, the Christian life, this is a race worth training for. And I'm not running to get a a prize that doesn't last. I'm not running to see a prize that, that lasts forever, seeing God's kingdom established and built here in Springfield and, and all over the place. So we're living our life for Jesus. We're living our lives for Jesus. That, that is a prize in itself. And you know what? Living our lives for Jesus is actually the most exciting thing that we can ever do with our lives. So shall we pray? Should we pray? Heavenly Father, we, we recognize that anything that is worth doing in life takes effort. And you have called us to run this race, to live the Christian life. And Father, we pray that we will be willing to make sacrifice, to, to, to put the effort in, to, to adopt disciplines that will help us to grow spiritually. And Father, we recognize that having put our faith in you, yes, we, we will live forever with you. But actually, that's not the only reason. We don't want that to be the only reason that we're Christian. We go for the prize of seeing your kingdom built uh, right here in Springfield, seeing lives changed and transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray that as we move into Lent, we'll, we'll become excited about doing that and we'll train for it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.